Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. I'm glad that you stopped by and decided to listen to us today. We have a very special guest on the phone. His name is Pastor Lou. Castriata. And I'm here at, with my co-host, Nelson Melendez. Hello there. Pastor Lou used to live in um, Deltona. Pastor Lou, thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Um, I've known Pastor Lou for a few years, but I, I don't know how long you've known. Well, I've known you, Pastor Lou, for, let me see, you were here, I've known you for about six or seven years. Something, something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so your reputation precedes you, I guess. And it's all good. Oh, good. Amen. Praise God. I, I really do appreciate <laughs> you taking your time and, and joining us today for yes. a friendly conversation. So I guess the best thing to do is start off with is is your foundation of your Christian walk with, with the Lord, um, your salvation. Let's start off with, with that and we'll go from there. I guess the um, when I knew that you were going to contact me, I was thinking about it. I've been saved for about 30 years. Okay. Wow. But um, I was raised in the, in the Bronx in New York City. You needed and I went to you needed prayer. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I went to one of the um, the finest archdiocesanal um, Catholic churches, uh, Mount Saint Michael Academy. Mm-hmm. And there, I got all my foundations as who Christ was. Cool. Um, I had catechism. I had religious classes. So I got all of the head knowledge mm-hmm. of Jesus. And, um, for me, I thought that's all there was, right. Uh, as my life went on, um, I was a, um, a really, I thought a, a really good person, meaning that, um, I didn't hurt anybody, uh, and, uh, tried to do good. And as I went through life, um, I adopted the, I want to call it the philosophy of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, I was born in the 50s, and that came about in the 60s. So in my days of uh, uh, teenage days into my 20s, um, I really served the devil um, with uh, every fiber of my being. Um, My philosophy was, it didn't matter if it was illegal, immoral. If it felt good, try it. Just do it. And if I liked it, do it again. <laughs> so um, and I'm that's sure how you, I... I'm sure you liked it at that time. I liked it, and I did it over and over oh, and over again. Oh, wait a minute. Again. He only said again. That's only one time. Oh. Yeah, well... <laughs> he likes multiplication. So I... <laughs> so I... Um, so I... That was my life. Um, and uh, I was in that area of drugs. So I tried every drug there was, but my drug of choice, um, I learned was, um, alcohol and I became an alcoholic. Um, I didn't realize I was an alcoholic until I looked back and I was a kind of a strange alcoholic in the sense of, I didn't have to drink, but once I started, I couldn't stop. So it was, um, more like we used to call it binge drinking mm-hmm. because once I started drinking, the next thing, next step would be, um, I'd pass out mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I worked and I didn't include my drinking with my work, but weekends and, and holidays and social drinking and stuff just turned into, um, 
it turned into a mess. Wow. Was and that hard for you, so, I mean, to function like that? Well, the thing was, um, I was good until I started. So if I, I could go a week or two, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But um, once I started, then I just, and I enjoyed it because I'm a very social person. You mm-hmm. guys know me. Yes. Um, you know, I, I loved fun. I loved to laugh. I loved to joke. I enjoyed people. Mm-hmm. And back then, I thought that was living. Mm-hmm. And of course, since then, I've learned. But um, uh, God has blessed me throughout my um, work career. I've always been a, um, I say, a person who my father told me, anytime you work for somebody, if you work, if he pays you for eight hours, give him eight hours of good work. Mm-hmm. So I was always conscientious. I always had good work ethic and, and that type of thing. So I was... Um, uh, I worked for um, the AMP in New York City. There was like one on every third or fourth corner, well, and my mother worked one, there. One I, in every state now, aren't there? AMP. Or if there any left? Well, yeah. AMP. Well, yeah, they, it's like a they, Walmart. Yeah. What What happened was they didn't um, they didn't go with the times, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and they they were so big, and they thought they always had a monopoly, mm-hmm. and little by little they just started disintegrating. Yeah. So basically what happened to me was um, I, uh, I worked there for a while and um, uh, I basically lived, um, like I said, I lived in the Bronx, but uh, I'm from Italian family. And when the godfather or the oldest um, living relative or uncle Mm-hmm. Um, does things they follow suit mm-hmm. so he worked down in uh, Manhattan and he found a place that was booming in Florida called Deltona mm-hmm. and the reason why it was booming is because it was centrally located between Daytona Beach mm-hmm. and Orlando Right. and so he went and he bought a house in uh in Deltona. He went and visited Florida and bought a house. Well, one thing led to another. My mother went there, she bought a house. My aunt went there, she bought a house. My cousin went there, she bought a house. So basically, um, my mother told me that I was going to Florida. And I said, no, there's no way. I said, I live here in New York. I love the people, et cetera, et cetera. And um, finally, she got me just down there to visit. And she basically says, um, all I want you to do is just come and visit, spend some time to see what you, you know. And I says, I'm coming for 10 days and then I'm leaving. And she basically said, okay. So the way I got down there was my aunt was coming down for good. She was leaving New York, coming to Florida. So I rode with them. So it, it was, it was a good way to get there without spending a lot of money. Right. So I finally get down here to Florida and probably after the third or fourth day, I said, mom, how am I getting back? You know, am I going to be plane, train, you know, how are you, how are you sending me back? So she basically said, um, you don't have any money to hear. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> what a you know, I don't have any money. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you're stuck. So, there you go. So at, at that point I realized that, um, it was her ploy. 
but it worked out to be the the greatest thing of my life. Praise oh, God, I because um, because I was here, I got out of what I was doing, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I basically just want to you know fast forward at this point. Um, I had some jobs down in in uh, in Deltona, but um, I eventually got involved in uh, in real estate, and um, um, God honored it, and uh, I did fairly well. Um, and at some point during my real estate career, um, we used to work with uh, with builders. And the builder that we were working with was not doing a good job. So my boss says, Lily, how about going into the building business? Hmm. And I said, wow, that sounds really good. So, and I can make a whole nother story out of the next part. But I had a friend of mine who was uh, a millionaire. Okay. And um, he, I used to hang around with him. And he was a really nice guy, but he thought that everybody liked because of his money. Right. And that's not how it was. I really liked the guy for the person he was, but he had a lot of money. So uh, not saying I used him, but I said, okay, listen, I want to start a building company and I need $100,000. So he says, $100,000? I says, yeah. I says, you know, now remember, this is back in in the 80s, so houses were 50000 well, houses were fifty thousand dollars back then. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so basically, he says, "Louis, I'll give you, I'll give you um, about two hundred fifty thousand." Oh wow! So, I said, "Oh, okay." And then, because of um, him, I was one of the first three hundred when the Mac- Orlando Magic was formed. Okay. So we we had our own uh, we had our own seat. We were in, uh, we had our own uh, uh, valet parking. He drove a Porsche 911. So um, it was really a, really a very interesting uh, time in my life. And um, I used to go to the games and they had a special uh, room where we ate and drank. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a, it was really a lot of fun. So I formed a building company called Americlass Homes, and I, um, I started to work at building the company. Now, the one thing that I did know is I knew how to sell houses, right. meaning that I was a salesman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the building end of it was a little bit different, so I thought I did all my due diligence, and when I was building houses in Deltona, they were building 2000 a year. Wow. So I says, okay, at one point, I was the largest builder in Deltona. I had wow. 30 houses in the ground. And this is the, the old, this is the joke. It wasn't a joke, but this is what happened. I used to say, they used to say, Louie, you lose money on every house. And I used to think I would make up for it in volume. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the big joke was, okay, you're losing money on every house. so. What are we going to do? And um, I got in a situation where um, I didn't. I was you. You find out about um, building at the end. In other words, you've got. I had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars flowing through an account every day mm-hmm. because I had so many houses, so many 
drawers coming in, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, I found out how much money I was losing. And so he infused another 25000 And so I thought that would help. It was like, um, it was a, a pit. I mean, we were just putting money, good money into bad. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I, um, I was really in bad shape. I was in the process of losing my, my business, my wife, my cars, everything. And I was, I was riding pretty high on the horn with, with his money. Um, and so I said, hmm, I'm not doing well here. Uh, and I tried to find a way out. Well, about that time, a friend of mine who was a very good, a good friend, he was my uh, best man at my wedding, called me up and he says, you know, he says, I need some information with um, some real estate. And I said, kind of strange. He knows a lot of people. Why would he call me? Mm-hmm. And so he says, uh, so how you doing? I said, well, I says, I'm doing all right. I says, but, um, uh, I said, no, let, let's be honest. I said, if I was doing any worse, I said, I, I really would be in a really bad situation. Right. So he says to me, well, you know, he says, I have an answer. And I said, really? He says, yeah. So to me, I'm thinking he has a loan shark who's going to give me some money <laughs> or somebody who's going to help me <laughs> out here that. in that respect. Do something. Right. And so, um, I said, oh, that's awesome. He said, well, he said, why don't you come by my house? He says, um, uh, come by tomorrow morning. He says, and we'll talk. And you thought he was, was going to give you a check, huh? Something. <laughs> he was a, he was a, uh, he was a, he was a Coke dealer. He, uh, he, um, he had gotten uh, radically saved and we used to all call him the Jesus freak. Mm-hmm. Because he was a bad man. He was from Brooklyn, and he was a bad man. Mm-hmm. And so, at that point, everybody turned away from him. Mm-hmm. So, when he called me, it was kind of a little, it was interesting to say, okay, what's going on here? So, anyway, I went there, and I walked in. I saw him. It was good to see him. I said, hey, how you doing? And everything, and, you know. So, I, he says, um, so you're in pretty bad shape, aren't you? I said, yeah. He says, you're at your wit's end, aren't you? I said, I am. He says, well, I've got the answer. And I said, wow. I said, I'm really glad I stopped by. He says, yeah, here's the answer. And I says, what is it? He says, Jesus. And I was angry. Mm-hmm. And if I could have whooped him, I would have. <laughs> but when he said, Jesus, I said, Jesus. I said, I know about Jesus. He died on the cross. He did all these things. What are you telling me? He says, well, he's the answer. No matter what the question is, he's the answer. And I says, I, I, that's not what I came here for. I says, I thought you were going to help me out. He says, listen, <laughs> I want to help you out. He says, why don't you go to church with me? Because I want to show you what you're missing. And I says, man, he says, all I'm asking you is go to church with me. Well, he says, meet me at my house at 8.30. And he says, and we're going to go to church. And I says, 8.30? I says, what time does service start? He says, 10.30. I says, where the heck is church? He says, 
just be at my house at 8.30, he says, and then we'll go from there. That must have been a Pentecostal church. It was Orlando Christian Center. Oh, okay. With with Benny Hinn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, leading up to the time that I was going to go with him, God was talking to me, but I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that relationship. I only knew him from, you know, like I say, my, my days at, in school mm-hmm. and catechism. So I had all this head knowledge where I, I didn't. So, so I met him at 830, and um, we got in the car and went to Orlando Christian And it was basically um, about a half-hour ride from Deltona. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, Bar City Road and and, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was considered Maitland. Yeah, Maitland. But um, so we pull up, and I'll never forget, it was December 23rd. It was freezing cold outside. We pull up, and I look out, and there's all these people standing outside of the church. And it was like about 10 o'clock or so, and I said, what the heck is going on? Well, when I went to the Catholic church, you got there, you walked into the church five minutes early, two minutes early, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, something's not right. So I walked up, and, and the reason the people were standing outside is because inside the narthex or the um, the lobby area, that was completely packed. Mm-hmm. So people were waiting to get into church. Mm-hmm. This was so foreign to me that I, I just didn't understand it. Well, then I found out. I walked in. I felt something I'd never felt before. It was mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I felt his presence like I didn't know what it was, but all I know is I wept through the whole mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. And when Benny Hinn made the, the altar call, I did not walk down there. I ran down mm-hmm. there. And... I, I'm standing, now I'm six feet four, and I'm standing on a top step as Benny Hinn, there's three steps as Benny Hinn comes by, he lays hands on me, and, and I take out three of the three of the catchers. <laughs> oh, wow. So all, all of us go down. And so it was, uh, it was, it wasn't funny to me, it was foreign to me, but to my friend, he was laughing because he knows what's going mm-hmm. on. Right. And the, the, the great thing was um, that's when my life was changed. That's when I surrendered. That's when I, I gave it all to God. And it was kind of like I said to the Lord, you know, I've been uh, on this earth 35 years and I have, um, I've danced with the devil. I've done all my bidding with the devil, I says, but now I'm going to see what you're going to do because I'm going to surrender mm. everything that I have. And so that was my prayer to him even before I knew anything else. Right. So that was basically where it first started. And um, when we drove home, I was feeling drunk. Mm-hmm. And I knew what drunk was because I used to drink a lot of wine and I knew what a a wine drunk was and, or, and, and also a, a wine hangover. Mm -hmm. So he says, um, I'm going to drive you home because I, I was whacked. I I mean, I was wiped (laughs) out. So he drives me home to my, to my, uh, wife 
and uh, walks in and, and she said, what happened? She says, well, he received Christ and um, I can quote the scripture to you about being not drunk with wine, but you'd be drunk in the Holy Spirit. She says, but I'm going to tell you, when he wakes up tomorrow, it's going to be like a hangover. And that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And the great part about that whole thing was my wife wound up getting saved the following week, mm-hmm. which was really a blessing. Mm-hmm. So, so at Orlando Christian Center, there's like 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. And um, you, uh, well, you can hide, mm-hmm. but what you do after you receive salvation is mm-hmm. you um, you go and get water baptized. Okay. And it's not like you can do it the next week or something because there's so many people. It took yeah. about a month. Mm-hmm. And when I went to get baptized um, in water, I had had about a month to tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I took 11 people with me to get baptized. Wow. Because, because I was a salesman, and now I had the greatest thing in the world to tell people about. You right. became an even better salesman. And they were going to change their lives, you know, here on earth. And also we're going to change their life for eternity. Mm-hmm. So it was, so, I mean, I was on fire. You know, how, you know how you get, you just want to tell everybody, you know? And so that was my, um, my invitation to Christianity. And from there, I learned that, um, when the enemy sees that you're going to serve God, he comes at you with his different weapons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially it's like a, a 22, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're out there telling people and they're getting saved. Mm-hmm. Then he comes with the 44. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are getting saved are telling other people and they're getting baptized. Then they're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then he comes at you with, the bazooka, mm-hmm. and I've learned that that the attack of the enemy mm-hmm. is, um, you know, he wants you out. Yeah. But um, the more he attacked, the more I I just went stronger and stronger for the Lord. And so the the thing that that was awesome for me was God took away my um, my uh, yearning for alcohol. Wow. He took it away immediately, just like that. That's when cool. I said the prayer, mm-hmm. when I committed my life to him, he took it away, which was a blessing because um, I've seen throughout my 30 years of, of spiritual, uh, my spiritual walk, he doesn't do that for everybody. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that was, that was one of the greatest things. Um, I, um, I, I tell people like, there was two vices that I never had growing up. One of them was smoking, smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And the other one was um, drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. All the others I had. So <laughs> God took away, um, when he took away that, the, uh, and I haven't had a drink since December 23rd, 1989. Wow. And so, so to me, that's, um, you know the greatest the greatest miracle is the salvation, but to coincide with taking away the addiction was 
was absolutely phenomenal to me. And um, like I say, sometimes he takes it away and sometimes he doesn't. And he's God and he knows why. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, it was was a real blessing. And, you know, so it's kind of like you go from, uh, it's when they say you're born again, you can't really put it into words because you can't be born again, come out again out of your mother's womb. But it's like, I had a whole new life Mm -hmm. and that life was, um, to serve Jesus. And from there, uh, God just began to open up doors for me. And I eventually, um, as, as I, as I walked through the, um, uh, through my time with the Lord, I just, um, found one thing that, really, really, really blessed me. And I wish there was more and more of it in today's society or in today's churches. The guy who led me to the Lord discipled me for three years. Wow. Meaning that meaning that we had Bible studies together, meaning mm-hmm. that we had prayer together. Eventually, we opened up a church, which I don't think that was God, but everybody thought that was the the next thing you do after you do Bible mm. studies or after you do prayer groups and, and, and things like that. And so, um, I learned so much from him for taking me under his wing and I'll be, you know, forever grateful to that. And that's where I believe, uh, a lot of people in the body of Christ are missing it. People yeah, get saved. True. They, and you know, they get saved and, you know, it's an awesome experience, and then all of a sudden they're they saying, "Okay, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Now, help me out. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. But um, so that was a real blessing to me. So I thank the Lord that He put Him into my path, and um, you know, He knew that God had brought Him there. I didn't understand it, but um, so that really blessed me. You know, uh, I wish I would have had something like that because when I accepted the Lord. It was like you said, I had the encounter, but then nobody discipled me. I had to lean back on the Lord, and he did it. He did the discipling through his word and through the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, the, the, Bible says, the Bible says you don't need a teacher because the Holy Spirit will teach you. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is when you have somebody tangible, somebody who will keep you accountable, mm-hmm. somebody there to, to love you, someone there to to edify and lift you up. When you have that kind of person, um, it's such a blessing mm-hmm. because um, you're going to be reading the word. You're not going to understand it. You're going to be praying. You may not understand. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. There's so many things that, mm-hmm. that go into the, um, into your spiritual walk that if you have somebody there who's experienced it, um, and especially somebody that you know and love, um, it's a great thing. So, um, I, I really felt uh, a calling on my life. Um, and I really felt that, um, my calling was to be a pastor. I've learned, I've later learned, uh, from the Lord that, that it's actually, uh, an apostle. But at the time I really felt called to be a pastor. So I went to, uh, my pastor at the time. And um, he says, well, he says, you think you're supposed to be a pastor? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, then go be a pastor. 
I said, excuse me? He says, if you want to be a pastor, go be a pastor. And I said, okay. And I had known some friends of mine who were, um, uh, they were pastors. And uh, I got ordained into a ministry called Miracle Ministry. I don't know if you guys remember Charles and Francis Hunter. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear them? Uh, Kevin, did you ever hear? No, never. Charles and Francis Hunter? Mm-hmm. I have. You have? Okay. And so that's what I got. Um, I got ordained under. And then, then God just began to open up doors. And in 1996, when I, um, uh, I, decided that I was going to go out and I was going to do things for the Lord. That was my thing. I was going to help people. I was going to, whatever, I opened up and I formed New Beginnings Outreach Center. And it was a group of people that just loved Jesus. And when I went to, uh, when I knew that God had called me to be a pastor, I basically just told the Lord what I wanted, like we all do. And I said, Lord, here's what I want. I want to go. I want to preach in stadiums with forty to 50,000 people. A simple salvation message of about 15, 20 minutes. And I want thousands of people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, you know what they say. If you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> well, he, he says, okay. He says, here's what I want, here's where I want you to start. I want you to go into the land on the corner of Boris Avenue and Clara across the street from a crack house. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want you to start. Mm. So I basically said, the Lord, I said, did you hear what I said? And then he basically said, did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. So I started New Beginnings Outreach Center. It was in a parking lot. And uh, next to a family resource center uh, that helped people, mm-hmm. and I started, um, I started meeting there. So at the time, I drove a Cadillac. So the Lord says, "Okay, I want you to put a table and a chair in the trunk, <laughs> and that's where I want you to start." <laughs> so that's where I started. Well, that Cadillac had a big and, trunk, so you could put a big table. Well, yes, I did. And so from there, that's when my ministry and uh, all of the things that that God had in store for me, that's where everything started from this one little uh, small beginning. It grew into a a, a tremendous ministry. We We used to meet at this parking lot every Friday. And first it started with, um, we started serving hot meals and then it started we started uh, handing out clothes then we started bringing music then we had an area for kids and we did that for over two years and we saw tremendous tremendous um, miracles of course salvation and the great part was we used to minister there, and we were right across the street from the crack house. So when we would we would uh, we would 
praise God, we would bring the word, we would have a good time, and then I would lay hands on people, and they'd be going out in the spirit. So then the, pe- the, the crack dealers and the people in the crack house would come across, and they would be watching, and they'd say, what the heck is going on? As uh, people were going out in the spirit, and um, they didn't understand it, but they used to come across, and you know, of course, we fed them, and and we just had a good time. And I was there for, like I said, I was there for about two years. And um, God really did some some great things there. Uh, what I like to say is, why don't we just end with a little prayer? Because we're basically our conversation today was salvation and deliverance. So um, there's probably a few people listening to us right now that maybe had the same life um, style as you did, um, and they basically need to hear someone talk to them about you know Christ and. And it's just like your friend, how you brought you to church. Um, why don't you just say a little prayer to people out there, and then we'll go from there, and we'll wrap it up, and then we'll, we'll pick up the conversation on our next time together. Okay. just want to say if there's, there's anybody out there who is, is hurting, anybody out there who is uh, going through things and, and they think it, things are hopeless in their life, people any who is any type of addictions, any person who is, uh, in a situation where they think they, they can't get out of it, I'm here to tell you that, that as my friend said to me, Jesus is the answer. He, he didn't say, he, he didn't tell you that you would have a perfect life, but he did say that he would be there for you. He says that he would never leave you nor forsake you. We've heard that Jesus died on the cross for us, and when he died on that cross, he took away all of our sins, and, and he took all of our burdens, he took all of our our situations and he put them on himself so that so that we could be free. So right now, if you're within the sound of my voice or you're hearing this this podcast, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. No matter what the world has said to you, no matter what people around you are saying to you, Jesus loves you and he loves you with an unconditional love. He died for you, all your sins past, present, and future. And he's calling out to you right now, saying, come, all ye who are heavy, heavy burden. He said, my burden is, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, just come to me. Come to me as you are. You don't need to clean yourself up. Come to me and I'll take care of it. And you will be my child. And I will show you great and awesome things that you have never known. I just want you to know that that same Jesus who reached out to me, that same Jesus who died on the cross, is waiting for you just to say yes. All it is is just a simple yes. So I thank each and every one who's hearing this message right now. Anyone who just says yes. In the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 I'd like to thank my um, guest, Pastor Lou, for, yes. for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll continue next week with Pastor Lou on dealing with healings and miracles, yes. and uh, we're looking forward to that. Thanks again, and God bless everybody. God bless. All right. All right. God bless.